0: So. Okay. Hi, it's James Cosmo here it's, uh, at uh, C2E2 in Chicago. Uh, I play Lord Mormont in uh, Game of Thrones, and uh, you're watching a kind of epic show, yeah? Thank you. You're like the first
1: person who's ever done that in one take as well, so... <laughs> Can I say one thing, because this isn't speculating about something that's occurred in the books. This is speculating about something that might be truly and vastly different. One of the ways that they've been laying the groundwork for expanding. Because keep in mind, we didn't know when the publication date of the sixth book was going to be. Yeah, like, well, we we I still think don't. They, they, we still don't. They figured probably the fucking thing was going to be done by now, or mm-hmm. out by now, because of how quickly the production schedule was going. And so they needed potentially filler content. And, area, and uh, The area that needed the most filler content is probably Essos. Mm-hmm. and Talissa Stark is actually, and they, they make this her her maiden name is Mager. she's Talissa Mager, and she alludes to being royalty from um, Valantis from Old Valantis, which is like, the second, of the second strongest of the free cities. It used to be an empire. Mm. It was literally the old... It was the first Valerian's freehold. It was the first place, like, that. the people that Daenerys comes from, where they, they, they conquered Essos. They controlled all of Essos, and that's why they didn't fuck with Westeros, because Essos is a bigger continent. They're like, yeah, fuck you, Neanderthals. Sure. And so they built all these great works. Like, they were like an, like an allegory for, like, ancient Rome or Constantinople. And it's this mighty city... And she's claiming to be, and it's the biggest of the slave cities, and so it should be in conflict with Daenerys, and it doesn't really have any stance on the fight of the Five Kings or whatever hmm. because it's a free city. They don't fucking care about Westeros. Yeah. But what if like that that name, that character's name, is also the character name? I mean, we only see a few scenes in the book, and this in the book there is no Talissa Stark. In the book, it's an entirely different character that doesn't exist, okay. that he marries. And the, it's part of setting up the Red Wedding, which is part of why people maybe had more hope that she would live. Because this character's still alive in the books. Yeah. And they make pains to say that the baby is dead, but maybe it's, the baby isn't dead. So, like, it's really strange. It's a completely different direction in the book. And because they've made this choice, the show has no no choice but to go in a different direction. But what if... This free, this lady, this, I mean, I'm sorry that I'm taking so long, but it's such a, it's such a potentially interesting wrangling point because they need more material for, for season five and season six, plainly. Mm -hmm. What if Volantis decides to go to war against the Lannisters and against, I mean, and, and sides with Stannis or the Starks because, or whatever Stark is left because Sansa is suddenly this fucking power broker. I mean, I mean, if, if Sansa makes a claim or if she ends up going back to war, She'll need backers. And they the Red Wedding is such this traumatic event. Like the leader of Valantis, like has been wanting to go to war for something just because he wants to he's a he's a warmonger, literally. That I mean they make pains in the book to say like he's a toothless warmonger, literally has no teeth, loves loves war, can, always gets outvoted on this little council they have in Valantis. That's all we know about him. And that he has he has a granddaughter or whatever. So this is his granddaughter that we're that we're shown is Talissa, I think is Talissa Stark. And so what if he? they decide Volantis should go to war or Volantis should back Daenerys because Volantis will decide that they'll go with whoever is going to fucking murder Lannisters to get revenge. Hmm. I think it could be a, a serious departure, and I think it is legitimately worth talking about. Even though it's a small detail in the book, That I mean, and, and literally it's details that don't exist in the book because it's a different character, the show has made this conscious choice. They've said this character is not who we saw in... In the book, this character has this name. This character has this mysterious background that is not alluded to. It could be a thread that we never see again because Rob has been dead so long. But with Sansa and with the Starks, everybody's thinking, oh, they're out of play. Who are the allies? Who are the allies that are left in the world? And maybe this is a potential ally. And it's a character, at the very least, that we should have seen uh, because he's in the book. Maybe we see him introduced in the next season. Mm. Even though he's a very minor character, maybe they decide, let's beef him up. Let's make him a major character. Hmm. Sorry, I know that was a like a whole soliloquy, but I think it could be really interesting and it's a theory I've been wanting to expand upon and I couldn't do so because we hadn't reached the this point where we could discuss things that haven't occurred in the books or in the in the show yet or where well, they might delineate. I don't
2: know. I
1: Fuck, we didn't even get to talk about the red wedding really last because we didn't talk about game of thrones that much last season. But uh, uh
2: I don't think well I'm, I'm sure you would differ. I mean, because it's a, that was a lot of, that I threw out there. I have points of debate with you, but there are points of debate that I can't discuss with David in the room.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you yeah, guys, yeah, not, do you think I'm going way out on the limb? I there? think you
2: are. <laughs> I
1: think I think it's I think it's way out on the limb too. I'm just saying, like, if I were to, because we were talking about speculating for next season, feel free to cut this if you'd like.
3: No, because we're long. We're almost at two hours.
1: So yeah, feel free to cut this 'cause it's I it was only me talking, so it'll be pretty easy to find in the fucking file. <laughs> but but uh, Yeah, but,
3: actually <laughs> I am looking at it right <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, but yeah, like or maybe save it as a different segment. But like honestly, like if I were to speculate, like that's the only thing I see that maybe is something that would really throw book readers off, something that hasn't occurred and it would have to have been something that where they laid seeds of, of change in I earlier don't seasons. Think,
2: I don't know, I feel as if there's not enough time left to do I mean, there's They've still got a season left of material from the books that are already put out besides Bran and Sansa. So they've still got another season before they really need another book out.
1: I'm just saying the start And then Starks. after
2: that, they've still got they've only got two seasons left after that. And that's supposed to cover two books of material? Hmm. I don't think they're
1: they would introduce something that Well, two things. One, David Benioff and David Weiss. They are the, that is their names, right? Oh wait, that's also two Davids. Huh. Ah. Oh. <laughs> but um they, uh, or is it Dan Weiss? I don't, I don't know. But the fact that they, um, they knew the end endgame, yeah. they knew what George R. R. Martin's eventual goal is, I'm assuming it has to involve some kind of fucking epic battle for Westeros, because, yeah. or at least a battle against the, the ice zombies with ice spiders, which I want to fucking see ice well, spiders.
3: To, to be fair, I, I don't know if the, the prospects of the movies are still out there. That
1: because, was something George wants, not something HBO wants. HBO has said fucking no. HBO uh, have really, they yeah HBO they haven't they haven't said that they don't want more Game of Thrones content but like his idea was like well I'll give me more time like uh, stop at seven seasons and then we'll we'll do an uh, we'll do a movie. And they're like, fuck you, George. Like you you we're having I, trouble I adapting to... this in, in seasons, let alone a, a movie. I haven't heard them deny it. I absolutely have. Like, I mean I've heard that they might expand past seven seasons of this story to tell the Dunkin' Egg story or like a Dance with Dragons story. But, I mean, not the book A Dance with Dragons, but the, the actual story, story of I think, the no, rebellion. Yeah. Um, but other than that, no. I don't think that they are going to allow George's vision. George wants it, but HBO, I think, absolutely does not. I think that's
2: incredibly foolish on that one.
1: Yeah. They may still do it, but they don't want any of this main story diverted. They want the... The, the Game of Thrones is literally the highest the highest viewership they've ever received. Well, yeah. Ever. yeah. but if So I they so do know.
3: eight seasons... And then finish
1: it in like a trilogy of movies. Well, the the, the the showrunners have said they want seven, and they're done. They want a complete story, which I think is good because that's talk that's arguing for artistic merit, not financial consideration. And HBO is stuck with that. HBO has ended series when they were cash cows. HBO ended The Sopranos when it was a cash. Yeah, cow. Yeah, but they
3: were still talking about a movie that never happened. Yes. Same well, with Entourage is getting mind, a
1: movie. None of these things have gotten a movie. Why? Entourage. Oh, did they?
3: Yeah. Really? The Entourage yeah. movie comes out what? Fall or oh, early I, next I'm year? And paying attention. The City. Yeah, and oh. Sex and the City had two. Well, that's true. Yeah,
2: HBO makes movies. I don't yeah. understand
1: why they wouldn't. I think they will, but I think it'll be the side story. I don't think it'll be the main story. Cuz why would you do that? Why would you lose an entire season of the show to a movie? Or budget. Shit ton of money. And budget if if you if it can was spend a movie more on a... that was reliant on you having watched 7 seasons of a show. Considering how many people have seen the show, it's a lot of people, granted, but yeah. 18 million people at a box office is is a lot, but if you're, if the maximum money, I don't know what the maximum audience of, like, a big, I mean, of the amount of money that you would need. Like, can imagine you need, like, a $200 million budget. Yes. Well, well, okay, if you if you take, like, the ticket sales of, say, like, the Avengers. I love that we're going over two hours here, because I don't know what we're going to fucking do. You really will have to cut my segment, by the way. No, we won't. We won't have to because we've okay. had long say episodes.
2: eighteen.
1: He's actually—we're doing our accountant is actually figuring. <laughs> yeah. imagine.
2: Okay. Um, okay. How many people did you? You said eighteen. Eighteen million?
1: point four million is the total viewership, highest viewership. This isn't counting Times, people who torrent.
2: Let's go with an average of ten dollars for a movie ticket. That's one hundred and eighty-four million
1: dollars. So that's yes. hun, one hundred eighty-four million dollars. In, in, is your install base? Let's say that there's another ten million people who are doing. So that's two hundred eighty million dollars. If you have a budget of $200 million with 50% of the gross going to, um, this is the second time we're using math on this show. This is weird to me. <laughs> so $200 million of the, of um, of the of the bu- $200 million budget at least, um, half of your gross is going to um, to box office, office sales at individual chains. So to make, just to break even, you need to make $400 million, you want most of that Arguably, to be domestic, even though I mean it's popular overseas, it doesn't matter as much anymore. But a, a movie will still be considered a flop and affect your your stock prices if it doesn't do well domestically.
2: To a certain degree, to a certain changing. degree,
1: it's changing. I mean, if it does well in China, it matters.
2: Rim is it has a, because a, a, it was
1: WB's highest-grossing Chinese film ever. Yeah. Which they want their Chinese box office receipts so it's another lever that they can pull to say, hey, China, you like this film. We won't release more films unless you give us the money that we made from the first film because they're all in rights disputes right now. So like, we're getting into the weeds here, but like I, mean, I don't I picture Game of Thrones being really popular in China. I mean. I, I don't know what I don't know if it is or if it isn't. It's, I, it's not Pacific Rim the popular in It's The highest pirated
2: show ever. 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 and it keeps on breaking records. Yeah. For that. I mean, it. I don't know. There is a ginormous
1: fan base. For that. I think there is a ginormous fan base worldwide. I just don't. I don't know. I just I don't. I literally don't know. It's not. I'm flummoxed I'm like, because you got to make. You have to at least your return on investment has to be four hundred million, and you have to do. You have to do. I, I would say at least three hundred a million of that domestically. That's, I mean, not that you, I mean, you'll get more. If you get $300 million domestic, you'll get 600000000 million. You'll get near a billion overseas. You'll get double that, I think. But, like, that's just a tremendous sum of money. It's a lot of money to invest. It's more, it's by far more than you invest into a single season. And I don't know that the profit return is the same. Because HBO is still primarily driven through subscriptions.
2: Well, that's why you make it the finale of this thing that's been building for seven years
1: if the only way I mean I think that the audience would absolutely pay because we've seen that where they just beg HBO the reason that they torn is like they beg HBO because there's no legal option Mm -hmm. to buy Mm -hmm. there was you have to buy you could and then HBO came around and there was kind of a legal option to buy but even then you're just like don't I still have to buy fucking HBO and they're like yes so that isn't much of an option is it like well no you can't even like watch on Amazon if you've already pre-ordered the DVD for the season, which I think would be a reasonable thing if you're already paying full price. That. If you're already you paying the digital copy right, yeah. If you're already paying the full price for the content, you've already. I mean, that would be HBO just making money before the end of the before the season even fucking airs. If you could say, okay, I'll buy the season box set for series series five, I'll pre-order it,
3: and um, then automatically, and then get a, then automatically get an Amazon that would be nice,
1: and then you can automatically get an Amazon Prime. Da- available mm. and then you put heavy DRM on that shit so that it can't contribute to the touring. Yeah, and then I mean that the, there you go. That would I mean, be nice. So there's that all would sorts of models sense. like that where people are begging for HBO to do something that makes. I mean, there's many ways that they can monetize Game of Thrones where they're literally getting like a la carte cable services just so that people can watch Game of Thrones essentially, or um, or Silicon Valley or any of the good shows that are there, or maybe even Veep. I don't know, but um, like so yeah. I mean it's it's a big deal, but like their primary I just don't. I don't see it that because it's driving so much more people to to buy that fucking twenty five dollars subscription a month that makes them so much money, or buy HBO Go. It's made HBO Go what it is. You, I mean, there's no denying that. And a true movie, detective broke HBO true Go. True detective broke HBO Go. <laughs> but so like, you don't you don't continue that streak. You don't continue expanding that audience with a film. I mean, you don't.
2: Well, that's what. Well, that's partially what what I'm saying in the sense that they do it at the end, if they do it as the ending to this thing they've been building, I mean, that's the moment you put out a movie for it.
1: You have all these residuals, though, from people who are going to get, like, literal, I mean, the, the vehement rage that people throw, like, when they get Game of Thrones spoilers, like... All these people are are the ones like who are getting encouraged to go back and watch back episodes, you know, to go buy the DVD from season one, buy the box set season two, season three, season four, get caught up. And people do it. Like I said, I binge watched the first season over fucking two days.
2: You don't think that would encourage more people to binge watch if you are announcing like a
1: big budget movie? I I think you do in the lead up, but then people who've never seen the show go and watch the movie, and then they don't buy the maybe they don't buy the. Okay, let's let's look at Serenity, and it was. A it it of a, flopped. Yes, but I mean, did it flop?
3: Was it, it a flop flopped
1: at the box office? It made back its money on DVD sales. Well, there you go. Uh,
3: it got me to watch Firefly. I was like, "Wow, this movie looks awesome!" Yeah, but and I was, went and watched the show.
1: Yeah, but it was the initial DVD sales that were the pro- It was the DVD sales that made the profit the entire bloody time. HBO was profiting the most off of the physical releases, clearly, or they wouldn't be prefacing that. Because the physical release is more than a monthly HBO subscription, first of all. Mm. And they're selling by the millions. So I don't know. That would be a part of the install base that we can't talk about. Because of those 18 million people, they're probably torrenting. I and mean, there's also many millions of torrenters. There are also people who are old and don't know what torrenting is <laughs> and purchase DVDs. And so, like, that's a... I mean, it has... An, I'm not going to deny it has this massive install base. And then that'll drive the... Hell, the I buy it. And I could watch it anytime for free on hbo on demand there's also i mean it also drives demand for the books and yes. i mean it, it, the books are, are new york times bestsellers So, nothing that you're saying is going against the idea for a movie I Nothing think, you're saying no, is I going think everything I mean, i'm saying that the install base is is important and passionate if you two things if you fuck it up like i mean i don't think that i'm not a sex in the city fan i'm sorry i just never watched it i don't think a lot of fans of the Show were very happy with the the movies. They, they made two
2: liked, of them. They liked they the made, first one. Oh, they made two of them. The second yeah.
1: one was a piece of shit.
3: Um, <laughs> we have a Sex and the City fan right here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The first movie was fine. I liked it. It worked well as an ender for the series. Then they made the sequel for some stupid reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Sopranos
1: ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. If you if you have a show and it ends on, I mean, like I feel like you could do okay, what you uh, could do uh, is you could you could finish the season. With an actual capstone, an actual ending, but then there are so many goddamn loose threads.
3: Well, I, I you could I do haven't a watched threads Sopranos, he has, but from what I understand is uh, Sopranos kind of,
1: it, it leads it up to the viewer on how it ends, kind of. Well, that is a definition of a cliffhanger. You don't know what's occurred. You don't know... You just you, don't know the outcome, You I guess. You don't know the outcome, and you want to know more, and... Then it's it's you, you you're in, it's that anticipation, the idea that that's the finale is a cliffhanger is part of what is the massive appeal of that show in a weird way, because it's just like, the payoff yeah, is well, the payoff if, is up to the viewer. Okay, I would go watch a Sopranos
2: show if David Chase wrote it. If David Chase wanted to make a Sopranos movie, which I'm assuming is the only way that ever gets made.
3: Yeah. Um, which probably see. won't now that James Gandolfini is no longer with well, us.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, he was I mean, that show. <laughs> yeah, there's no. Yeah, there's no way they could do it now. But um, so I mean, yeah, if I mean that's sort of like if I don't know uh, uh, the guy who made The Wire, if he wanted to do a Wire movie, that oh, God, what's his name? David's. That's, yeah. David Chase. Just, uh, anyway, if he wanted to make a movie, I mean, that's a, uh, the really interesting thing about HBO is that they listen to their creators. They. Allow them to go, you know, kind of go and do what they want. Like Aaron Sorkin, he's ending the newsroom this mm-hmm. season. He only did three seasons, and he was done with it. It was
3: his choice,
1: though, right? Yeah, yeah. it was his well, decision. I mean, he he was reacting, I think, to the Tea Party in Fox News, and he's just like, well, there he feels that I think he feels like their influence has waned. He's like, so my story is done.
2: Well, I, I, I mean, he's really, like he
1: like the pollution of the newsroom culture. Like he's like, well, no, i it's, it's, it's still there. There's yeah. still stuff that he could talk about, but I feel yeah. like to a certain extent, he's just like. Well, I mean everybody's fucking aware of it at this point. I just I mean I think he's ending it because it's not just it's not just social commentary, it's like this particular character and he's like, This is how the show should end. And so that, that he's on a network that will allow that. Yeah. Well that's what I'm saying. Like, they've already said seven seasons. If they have that faith in their creators, the creators may take a different direction than George R. R. Martin. Well, take the general direction, sweeping direction. Yeah. But they've already committed to seven seasons and no more. They've said, What do you do after seven, the seventh season? They said, in unison in an interview, they said, Fucking sleep. <laughs> They're committed to seven, seven years of their, eight years of their lives to this, including the pilot, eight, nine years of their lives. They don't want, I don't think they want the movie. I don't think that they want it. I don't think that they want it as creators, and I think HBO will respect the creators. George R. R. Martin is the one pushing for it, not the showrunners. and I think that's the difference. George R. R. Martin is incredibly respected. George R. R. Martin is the creator George R. R. Martin has writ, but he is not the showrunner. He's afforded far more leniency, far more executive authority that I mean, but he's not doesn't get to influence a casting decision. He's not, I mean, he's not as powerless as most authors are on a set, mm-hmm. but he's not that much more than a Siegel and Schuster type of credit on there. I mean, it's still only based on his work, and he's only allowed to write, and they let him write. It isn't like he he comes in and just like, I mean, if he suggests writing an episode, they'll do it out of deference to him. Yeah, he, he writes wrote, one a year. He writes one a year. I mean, that might be in the contract. Like, you wanted to write the Blackwater? Yeah, you let him write the fucking Blackwater the episode, best episode of that season. But it's not something that is a guarantee. And it's not generally how na- uh, networks operate. They generally operate with far less deference to authors. And they've already said that they will need. I mean, like, it's clearly not influencing him to write any fucking faster. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he. I mean, this may be out of his hands. He's not. I do not see him publishing the seventh book by the time they're at the seventh season. And keep in mind, the production schedule is 10 months ahead. Mm-hmm. So, if anything, what I would see the film be would be a loose end. It would be a way of ameliorating things that happen in the book as opposed to things that happen there and clear up whatever, whatever may be nebulous about the ending. But I also have a, have faith in these showrunners, and I feel like they will give us an ending that is satisfying. And that's my piece. I'm sorry. like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I've made too too far of an argument. I mean, I went on a limb on kind of my other things, talking about things that the showrunners may do, but I think that is a guarantee. Is I mean, the only reason I was really talking about that particular thread is because they've said that they will have to create threads that they will have to do things that and i mean be prepared to do things that aren't in the books yet they've already done so and to a certain extent with brand storyline this season with having the 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 conflict between like the thing that line like the the power that powers them is powerless here it's a corny ass line but it's fucking relevatory it's like things like that are, are incredible and so they're saying like we know that this is going in this epic mythical direction we're going to take it in this epic mythical direction even if you haven't seen all of it yet in the books. Hmm. And so uh, they have a game, they have an end game. And possibly. Don't but... thi- they not possibly, they have an end game. They've said that they know how it ends. They are they, going to continue yes, doing their job. I, I know yeah, they but that's know like how three it. 3 years ends.
2: from now. You think a person can not change their mind 3 years from it, now? They've even when stated a, that a, the stories
3: a, are getting bigger than their budget.
2: I mean, yeah, that was, I mean, the Battle of the Wall looked cool and all, but I mean, it, it is, like we were talking about earlier, how the battles in the books are so the much thing, bigger. The thing that makes
1: the show is not just the, I mean, it's not just the fighting. As much as I was happy about Giant fucking Mammoth's writing, or Giant's writing fucking Mammoth,
0: well, I but, wasn't, but,
1: I mean, that's not why I tune in. It's part of why I tune in. But, but I mean, yeah, it's but, the character development. It, it, you don't have wh- the character development over three hours that you have over ten hours. You just don't, and that's the that's thing that makes why the show I'm special. saying it should
2: be done as an ending. Once
1: you have all of your characters grown and developed in, in this place, do what Doctor Who did. Maybe, maybe decide that it's going to be an end cap. Maybe you're like, we because this is so epic. Because we need, we know what it needs. Let's give a three hour. Let's make a three hour made for TV presentation. We'll actually put it in theaters at the same time. We'll do a simulcast, or we'll do an early release. We'll do something like that where it's almost like um, like in Japan, an original video airing, where you're just like, we know what this needs to be, we'll leave, or, or, or it'll be their version of a Mad Men. We're cutting the season not in half, we're cutting the season, leaving you on an epic cliffhanger. That cliffhanger is going to be resolved in one go, and it's going to be one massive three-hour event. It'll be the biggest <laughs> TV event that HBO's ever done. It'll be a movie, but it'll be on HBO. And it'll still have all the benefits to the network that, that HBO sees. Because you're making complaints about the budgetary constraints. You're not making complaints about artistic restraint. I mean, really, other than budget. I, I don't budget.
3: think it does if they, they plan it out well. How, how would uh, give, being given a budget of $200 million to shoot this finale,
1: how would that well, still, take anything away? Well, if you're away? getting $70 million for TV... If you're getting a $70 million budget for... for, I mean, you're going to squeeze a lot more production value on it. And they have that talent on TV anyway. So if you're giving, like, double... I mean, triple, quadruple, five times whatever the budget is for an individual episode... Ten times what the budget of an original episode is. You get the budget for a whole season to compact it into this one story.
3: But you, eh, That'd be
1: the same amount of storytelling. I feel like you'd make more off
3: of ticket sales. And then, of course, HBO would have exclusive rights to... Air it on their network.
1: It's when just so truncated, though. I mean, it's just like it's such a different approach. I can't believe we've taken as long. Of it. I feel like we can make three episodes out of this fucking thing. I,
3: I'll, I'm probably going to cut it in half at yeah. least, so I'm not concerned about the length of the episode. I'm just saying, it's
1: like it's one of those things where I think part of this is that we've built it. We've never had these discussions. We've been wanting to have these discussions for the course of almost an entire year, but we just didn't. We didn't do it because of other things that were in the news, and we really wanted to talk about them. And so they took precedence. And now it's just like, it's clear that we could talk about Game of Thrones for forever and ever. But, like, would you spend this much time debating a single film as a season?
3: We did. Our Superman episode's three hours long. Is it?
1: Yeah. I know. Pretty listened. close. It was cut in half, yeah. Wow. It was about three. Well, that was contentious for reasons like Zod. <laughs> I mean, it's contentious for reasons like the goddamn dog that isn't crypto.
3: I mean, it. It's a subject that we're passionate about, so yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, I'm not really concerned about the length because I figure we'll split yeah. it. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> we can just shove some of the interviews into this one. I don't know. There's, there's enough. But yeah, I mean, so I just what, don't. I just, I, I, just I don't have anything I, more to say. I was
2: say. trying to look at what an average um, season of Game of Thrones costs, and the number. Of that came up the most was 50 to 65 million yeah. just for a whole 10 hours of material yeah.
1: yeah so let's say that it would be reasonable to give that budget seems kind of low well, fit, no it's not keep in mind like Star Trek um, 30 episode series um, a couple of years back I mean because I, I know the production figures when they were trying to bring back a well, new Star Trek show I'm also thinking of like uh,
3: how much like an episode of like Heroes was when it was on it was super expensive
1: HBO is better with their budgeting because they have a smaller budget than an NBC Universal does. Think of what NBC invested into Defiance, which is not the greatest show in the world. Guess how much it cost? I have no idea. $100 million. It is a $100 million boondoggle that like somehow got a second season. Ugh. I think it only got a second season. The viewership was not great. I think it only got a second It's a good show, by the way. I'm not trying to knock it. Ugh. But I think it really only got a second season because they're like, we've made too much of a fucking investment to pull back now. And their parent company decided that it, because it was a meta thing where we're making a video game, too, and the video game chucks up a lot of bandwidth, and we happen to be owned by a company that sells that bandwidth, it's a win-win-win. So we, we have a profit. And so it, it wasn't necessarily a good investment. But then HBO is the same. HBO's model is how do we monetize it? How do we make money? We make money by people coming on board with new subscriptions. Because it doesn't just boost one show. It boosts the production budget for every show that they have because it means more eyes, more potential. Would Silicon Valley be as successful if Game of Thrones was not its lead-in? Would it have a second season? Even as amazing as it is, I don't think it would because it would not have as many eyes finding it. Hmm. There are plenty of lazy nerds like ourselves who are like, I don't want to fucking change the channel. That was, some guy's head just exploded. <laughs> and so like, you're just going to watch what is there and it's a nice palate cleanser. It's an amazing show. Those, I mean, that lead-in potential. If you get rid of Game of Thrones, if you say the finale is not on the show... Or is not on it? Then you remove that lead-in potential. Okay. Whatever new products you're developing, I'll back you aren't up on
3: there. this. I'll back you up on a, a little bit on this. Uh, I kind of ran into that with uh, this last season of uh, Californication because I've always had Dexter as a lead-in, and Dexter, <laughs> of course, ended last year. Did you invest as much time in Californication? I completely spaced it. Completely f- had no idea when it was coming on. I, I have since watched it on demand. Yeah. I, I, w- I marathoned it. And but I, I completely spaced that it was on because I didn't have the Dexter lead into it.
1: Yeah, I would say that because it's subscription based, like all these premium mm-hmm. cable outlets are subscription based. The um, like even let's say a show that we haven't talked about that I really love and I do want to talk about when it's finally over because I, I know you're nearly current with it is Penny Dreadful, mm-hmm. renewed for a second season. I don't know what its numbers were. I, I feel I, like they couldn't have been. i never heard I anybody like it, talking about it. But
3: it's really boring.
1: <laughs> it if you I don't know how far are you in
3: five episodes
1: it amps it up they okay in, they increase the level of sex and violence by about and shock value by like four times at least
3: i, I really like it wonderful cast wonderful characters but it's kind of boring I, well, it's a
1: victorian <laughs> melodrama it's literally based on penny dreadfuls yeah and victorian melodramas and it has that vibe to it but it's just so bloody gorgeous i would think that mm-hmm. somebody went to film school oh they, yeah they, I, look i'd look at I'd it watch like, it this how how are they doing this this dim lighting that they have in this atmospheric the uh, facts I mean, are just gorgeous.
3: I, I wouldn't wonder that because
1: I... Would... Well, I mean, you would know. <laughs> I, I am just saying, like, how did they get away with it as a filmmaker with the budgetary considerations? Because people are looking out and they're going to say, this is fucking boring. But mm. it's like those establishing shots and everything. As a filmmaker, you're like, this is important. I like it. Well,
3: you, you also got to look at the products for Game of Thrones if you're concerned about it making money.
1: I mean... That's what it's saying. What are the product streams? I mean... Would, a movie
3: would amp the books. It would amp the previous DVD sales. It would... It seemed like you were
1: going to question that. How does a regular season not do that? How does the... Like, we're, we're entering the final season of True Blood. True yes. Blood is an adaptation of books. Yes. You're going to post a panel that is uh, Charlene Harris, the creator yes. of True Blood, talking about the books, not the season necessarily. Yeah. It's the final season of True Blood. Knowing that it's the final season of True Blood... How, do you think that hasn't affected the books? How, do you think they haven't shot up near the top of the New York Times bestseller? I have list no again? idea. Well, they have.
3: Uh, the, it's,
1: it's produced graphic novels. It's produced the same with Game of Thrones, graphic yeah. novels, things like that. These are all near the top of uh, where they need to be. I mean, the role play, well, even a fucking role-playing game I, that I'm has been saying, out for ten years uh, A movie there.
3: reaches a larger audience than television. Television doesn't necessarily reach a worldwide audience like a movie does. But you have that excitement for a, t- uh, for a movie... It will boost all streams of revenue, especially the DVD sales.
1: Now, here's where, here's, I think, the best argument. Game of Thrones is the most pirated show on the Internet. Yes. This doesn't affect HBO as much because they don't rely on advertising revenues. Mm -hmm. If you take the most pirated property in the history of the Internet and then you place it in movie theaters where pirating absolutely affects the fucking bottom line. Tell me how that works.
2: Well, the reason pirating is so high in Game of Thrones is... Because people the, don't nah, get HBO. ...the lack of access they have. They have
1: to... I'm not talking, I'm not talking about the loyalty of fans. Like, yeah, fan loyalty is high. But
2: it, I, I'm sorry, if I could... It, it, I would have gotten HBO if I could just get HBO, but they don't allow me that ease of access. I have to pay hundreds of dollars oh, precisely, cable. Oh, precisely, precisely. But but that's why the pirating is so high, because a lot of people want to watch the goddamn show, but they can't. If yeah. you put it in a movie theater for 10 bucks, who the fuck's
1: not going to go? We're all going to see it. But, like, there are... You cannot argue that there are not... There's issues. pirating issues for every movie. There are pirating I mean, issues for every movie, yes. But it's... They are so shy... People are so piracy averse in the film world as opposed to the the television world. Like like the Game of Thrones, people are excited about that it's the most pirated show. But when you move that to the box office and you're convincing investors that it's a great idea to take the most pirated property in history onto a stage where it's going to lose. I mean, it could it will lose them money. No, it does not lose them. I would argue it does not lose them subscribers. It gains them. Turning it will lose them money in the box office. You can't argue that it won't. I'm not uh, saying it every
2: movie. I mean, okay, okay. Avatar it was the movie.
1: Avatar was the highest pirated movie of
2: that year. Still made over a billion fucking dollars.
1: Two. Yeah,
2: that still made a
1: shit. Two ton of billion money. dollars. Because highest it, because pirated it movie. was an event movie. Because you had to put on the Wait, Game the of Thrones. Game wanted? of Thrones would not be. The, the I'm not saying it's not an event movie, but you got to put on the fucking 3D glasses and experience the thing for Avatar. La di da. So oh, you uh, like put
2: uh, Game of Thrones on an IMAX screen. Three dragons attacking, like, a horde of fucking ice zombies in 3D. That doesn't make a shit ton of fucking money.
1: It <laughs> makes a shit ton of fucking money. Okay. I won't argue that it doesn't make a lot of money, but it's just... I mean, is it the HBO business model? I don't... I don't know. They're made, they're they ma- do They do movies. And, yeah, they do movies. They've had Two movies. Sex and the City and Entourage. Okay, I'm just gonna fucking say it, though. I don't want it. I really don't want it. I want them to... to so actually... you're just
2: letting personal bias... I'm doing right. both. I'm doing both. <laughs> you're letting personal bias... Influence your. your I have personal.
1: (laughs) I'm just being honest here. There's a reason that I primarily do advocacy journalism. (laughs) I have strong personal opinions and argumentative power.
2: I think you're letting illogical feelings influence. Nothing
1: I've said is illogical, though.
2: I
3: I, I don't know. I don't know why
1: you wouldn't want to see it on the big screen. Yeah, (laughs) I'd like to see. uh, I'd like to see a Game of Thrones story on the big screen. But I'm really just wed to this particular. This particular story, I want it to conclude the way that they said they want it to conclude with seven seasons there. And I, so, want, so if the show I want runners, whenever the showrunner's vision. If, yeah, to yeah, be but if realized. the
2: showrunners say, "Hey, let's
1: go make a movie," are you go? For, are you for it? I don't know. If they're never, writing and directing, I don't it? know because they never. They've. I mean, I don't know that they've ever. I mean, one of them did. Um, did I mean did write? I think on uh, what was it? He the one of them has done writing for film. Both of them yeah, on I'm things the like show. one of them did writing for. Prometheus, and I think another one, did, or they may have both I done have writing no for no. Thor of the Dark World, which you don't like. So if no. Thor to the Dark World is what they wrote, do you want they them... to didn't write that. Didn't or, write that, or that yeah. or who was it? I that that guy died of cancer, didn't oh, he? Oh, did he? Yeah. Who was, I'm trying to remember who the Game of Thrones scribes were. I, people get attached to projects and then they leave, and then I, I never remember the final uh, fucking uh, writers. Anyway... Uh, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I just... I don't. It's, it's up in the air for me. Do I know that a seventh season of Game of Thrones would be fucking fantastic? I absolutely know with certainty. That a seventh season of Game of Thrones will be fucking fantastic. Would you argue against the fact that seven seasons would be fucking fantastic? Yeah. That I mean, that it would be a spectacle, that it would be amazing, that it would be what you would like to see as a fan. You'd, do you believe that these people who've gotten you this far would would just just stray off the path and just make a shitty product? No, no,
3: well, by no
2: means. So it
1: means you don't think that it would be bad to have seven seasons?
2: Yeah, seven seasons in a movie.
1: You two are fucking community fans.' the problem. <laughs> your, your little your little side thing that you love so much that I never got into doesn't get it six seasons in a movie, so you're like seven seasons and three fucking movies. I want a trilogy. I want uh, there to be fucking ants. I don't know. I mean, you guys are so passionate about this film, and I'm just like I'm equally passionate about I just want to see the story that they're telling. I want to see Ooh. it end.: uh, David Beninoff
3: did do the screenplay for uh, Wolverine. Or X-Men Origins Wolverine. Are you fucking kidding me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, let's say that their track record <laughs> establishing things... We also did Troy. Mm, that wasn't... Yeah. And, and
3: Stay. I liked Stay. That was a weird movie. I don't
1: know okay, means. so thank you for actually doing research and proving my point to a certain extent. But,
3: you know, but then they also did Game point. of Thrones. No, They also no, no. did Game of Thrones. Well, no, you are
1: backing yeah, yeah. me up because I was like, saying I, I think they had a and miss on... on they, they've
3: also wrote... They wrote an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia together for Didn't last they? season. That's yeah. awesome. I haven't yeah, seen that's it. Cool.
1: Um, See what happens when we actually introduce the Google into the show.
3: <laughs> the Google.
1: That, uh, this is why I need yeah. to get a phone that doesn't have four G interference. The,
3: the the
2: other reason I would I think a movie would be good, like especially if they did a you know, a trilogy based off of the last book somehow then that gives him a little bit more time to finish it. (laughs) I'm just saying,
1: I'm just saying the timeline that they've got, I I mean, what they've said in interviews so far has been steadfast. Like, this is what George R. R. Martin wants. He wants, but he also wanted um, each of those books that have half of the characters fucking removed. He wanted that to be the season he doesn't always... He's like George Lucas, okay? <laughs> he's better than George Lucas in, in terms of what he's delivering to fans, but... but er, that he doesn't disappoint. But at the same time, the creator's not always the guy who's who's responsible. Like he, he wrote Game of Thrones to be untranslatable to television. That's literally the purpose of writing Game of Thrones. He was a television writer. He got pissed with television writing. And he said, I want to write something so fantastically dense and, that it'll never be translated to the to screen.
3: To be fair... To end in seven or eight seasons. I'm reading the quote right here. Seven
1: or eight seasons. So, Well, yes, maybe there will be eight seasons because they need to to stretch it out. It's different than saying seven or eight books because, Jesus Christ, that would be another decade wait on this track.
2: I do find, like, uh, you mentioned earlier about there being chapters existing, like, from a decade ago already that may be put into the book. And a part of me finds the idea funny that he has, like such a massive shitload of material sort of stockpiled so that maybe he could do, like, one book, and then a year later he adds the other one to...
1: <laughs> that
2: would make me I don't laugh think so that's, I
1: think that's what he's promising us. Like, that's what J.K. Rowling did. You know, I mean, she literally, she wrote the ending to the seventh book before she finished writing the fifth book.
2: Well, yeah, but
1: not that's not the same thing. Good to a book. certain extent, it is. Except George R. R. Martin's like saying he has an ending, but he's also like, "Well, I thought I was going to end it in three books. <laughs> uh, uh, I changed my mind, um, and I might want to make eight books." See now,
3: now what if going back to them possibly adding a book? What if it's just. Sheer page count They already
1: have It's a fucking encyclopedia And that's what worries me (laughs) If you keep adding books The guy will die I get that Neil Gaiman's argument Is out there We just interviewed The folks who got Who got
3: No What what I'm saying Is take what he has Written Like a chunk Like a half Because evidently Book six is A mountain In size Oh yeah It's
2: probably another
3: Like thousand page I heard it's sixteen At the moment Okay. So
1: cut that in half and just kind of. The book six is sixteen hundred pages. Uh, evidently. No, I think what you're referring to is the fact that both of the manuscripts for la- for the last book. The reason they are two books is because they used to be a single manuscript that would have yeah, been over sixteen hundred pages. Yeah, and okay. they would have also included these chapters that I'm referring to that are more than a decade old. They may be thirteen to fifteen years old because they would have been part of the first draft for that novel.
3: No, fair enough, but uh, I feel like maybe at some point maybe they should split it just to get.
1: Which have you read them, by the way? Because when they leaked, I mean, they were they're amazing. I'm not going to.
3: He leaked them. You can't really say they
1: leaked. He released. He he intentionally released them, and he he does it to make fans happy. I didn't read them. You didn't read them? No, I just figured wait for the book. (laughs) I was I couldn't.
3: But but you still haven't read a full book.
1: There's an entire book that I've missed that I feel, and it's the best one. And I I think partly I haven't read it for comedic purposes at this point because it's such a (laughs) weird thing to refer to. I just I had made peace like I literally, because this season, well, now that the season's over, I can read it. But, like, there were still things that I didn't know about this season. I still had an immediate sense of wonder, but I also kind of <laughs> knew. I had I had the best of both worlds because I knew some of the shit that <laughs> was going down. Hermaphroditic porn? What? Hermaphroditic porn. <laughs> Sorry, Clerks
3: Reference. Oh. Clerks Reference. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> I don't get to use that that
1: often. If this turns into a three-hour episode, it could be. But like we never, we never mentioned the fact that there's not one, but two Game of Thrones porn parody. We are really pleased to have as, as a guest on on the show today, James Cosmo. Um, we don't often have um, British uh, BAFTA winners here or Scottish BAFTA winners on the show, so we're pretty excited. <laughs> you. and, and you're in a li- you're in a, a little show called Game of Thrones. Some of our fans have heard of it. Many, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's it's an obscure thing on on a cable network. No one sees it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, can if you don't mind, I mean, just um, just. Tell us, I mean, a bit about your experiences um, on the show in terms of of being <laughs> immersed in that immersed in that world, being uh, on the location. I mean, where where did you guys shoot this year? And, and well, um, this year
0: we shot in uh, Iceland, uh, which is uh, we they use for Beyond the Wall, you know, and uh, it's the most wonderful uh, location because you know it's you have uh, ice and snow but volcanoes and geysers and all sorts of things going on so it's absolutely perfect uh, for that location you know it works really really well although you know we only have a few hours daylight in the winter oh, wow. <laughs> when we shoot it you know four hours daylight uh, and the Northern Lights then kick in, you know. So it's it is an extraordinary place. How do you how do you deal with only having
1: four hours to, to shoot? I mean,
0: well, the the trick is to uh, that they rehearse in the dark what we're going to do, and then the sun comes up. So when the sun's shining, you're really pumping it out as far, hard as you can. Yeah. What do, you, what do you do in
1: terms of, of like the more concrete sets, like for the actual wall or, or fort locations?
0: That was uh, shot in Northern Ireland, in Belfast, um, where they they had a quarry and sprayed. It was a, a, a stone quarry, and they sprayed the whole place white, uh, and then built a huge wall. Um, so we, we used that, so it was, that was wonderful, perfect yeah.
1: in terms of I mean obviously being the, the third season, one of the, the interesting things for fans is just the fact that you have um, this build up for for the characters I mean and, and kind of some of the things that they're waiting for um, pop up especially for for your characters and this season really coming yeah. to the fore um, is how do you, do you feel or how do you feel like the fan reaction has been, knowing that they kind of get to see the, the gory, fun bits that they, they've been waiting for up in in the north?
0: Yeah, it's, um, yeah. The um, the Nights Watch are really at the cutting edge of it all. You know, it's, it's it's all pretty gory stuff, and they face the most dreadful creatures out there. You know, um, but it's great that the, the the fans can enjoy that sort of stuff, and it's great for the actors. We we love being part of that. You know.
1: How, how has been the the fan reaction uh, in terms of? I mean, obviously we're at a convention today. Um, I mean, had, had, when it, just out of curiosity, like uh, how how uh, first day, <laughs> but how Chicago been for you so far? And I mean, just how have the convention scenes been um, here in America and 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 abroad as well? Yeah.
0: Um it seems to grow and grow and grow you know it's uh, game of thrones is just as big in the uk and europe as it is over here you know it's it's absolutely massive um and it's a it's a great pleasure but chicago is is just it's a wonderful town it's really great i was i was um i spent a lot of time in l.a but i was blown away how friendly people were and uh very different you know los angeles can be a little bit you know show busy <laughs> You know, But Chicago's much more down-to-earth and, and seem to be really nice folk, very helpful and it's a, it's a real pleasure to be here.
1: The secret is that we have a winter that's almost as long as the one in, in the Game of Thrones. So, yeah, sometimes it will last up to nine years, yeah. And also there's less sunlight. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> so you have to huddle true. together, and it yeah. causes it causes a certain personability there. Yeah. But no, um, beyond beyond Game of Thrones, just kind of curious if you can can let um, the fans know. I mean, what you've been been working on. I mean, I, I mentioned the the Scottish BAFTA. I mean, yeah. I think
0: is this the second year in a row that you've gotten? Yeah, one? No, I, I won won it uh, the year before last, and I was nominated uh, last year, yeah. uh, and I haven't done anything. Uh, wealthy of getting nominated again. <laughs> well, what, what are your current projects? What else can, can people uh, be looking forward to? I'm starting a film called Sacrifice in Ireland uh, in about three weeks time. So I'll be filming out the islands, one of my favorite places to work. Uh, so that's going to be great fun and then I'm uh, hoping to do a film. Uh, it's a really exciting project. It's, um, uh, I worked on a film called The Christmas Candle and. Uh, the same producers are making a film about St. Peter, the last days of St. Peter wow. in Rome. And uh, I hope to be playing Peter in that. So that's a, a very exciting So we, we can look forward to seeing you upside down then. Or...
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds rather gru- gruesome, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, it's a, I think Peter's a wonderful story. And uh, as far as I know, it hasn't been done so far, you know, so that's going to be really exciting to do. Um, and then, in terms of
1: um, the cast members, uh, I think it's really interesting the fact that you've got um, a panel presentation here at C2E2 um, with uh, with one of your co-stars. And just kind of curious, how how often do you guys get to interact with the, the folks who are not uh, in Iceland, <laughs> as it were? And and is that one of the the perks of, of coming to the con? Can you tell us a bit about about your panel?
0: Yeah. Well, the answer is that we never ever meet because of three full movie units filming at any given time. You know. Morocco, uh, Croatia, or in our case, Iceland. So there's nearly everyone that's on Game of Thrones I haven't met. I've only met my own people, members of the Night Watch, And uh, so it's, it's lovely, you know, you come to a convention and you go, Hey, aren't you in Game of Thrones? You know, it's like, it's lovely to meet people that are in it, but uh, are just playing in completely different worlds, you know?
1: So is there anything? I mean, do you guys know what you're going to be talking about, or anything that we can look forward to uh, on Sunday when when you guys get together?
0: Uh, i not really no. I just I'm just looking forward to talking to the fans and uh, answering some questions and uh, uh, having a good chat with them. It'd be great fun. All right, and then um, so who dies? <laughs> <laughs> I do if I gave out anything away. <laughs> oh.
1: Uh, well, we just um, wanted to kind of wrap up here because we won't take up uh, any more, too much more of your time here. And just really, again, wanted to express our, our gratitude for coming on Kind of Epic Show.
3: So I mean, what are you
1: trying to say, Gabe? I mean, I'm saying if it's like three podcasts at this point, maybe we should call it a night? Or put in a third Or interview? a night's watch?
3: <laughs> Wait, I thought you told me to edit that.
1: <laughs> edit yeah. back into the other part of the conversation. No, we're adding, we're adding more edit points in because you will presumably have edited this and they would not know that if we hadn't just told them. But we're letting the cat out of the bag because we're being giant dicks right now. We weren't. But then you did it, and I'm following your lead.
2: Yeah, he he started talking about thirds, and I was like, "So
1: third
3: interview?
1: (laughs) Was that the segue? Like, we just had this whole off the off the (laughs) recording argument where like this is a monster of an episode. Let's try and help David with the editing by doing an outro immediately. (laughs) And your response to that is, "Let's make him change where we put the interview." That I just said should be back earlier in it. So I guess it's not me being a dick, it's you being a dick. Well, you you said the weird thing, and it it didn't really make a lot of sense. It was continuing off of something we said 40 minutes ago. I was trying to convince people that we had never stopped to record. And it was working until you did that. It's easier for David to do this because we're almost never together. We're almost never together in terms of episodes. Hold on, hold
2: on. It wasn't totally my fault, because instead of rolling
1: with it, both of you stopped. <laughs> because we just had a 20-minute argument about where to place that stupid interview that we decided to talk it about. a 20-minute argument. Well, no, it was like five. It was like a five-minute argument. But in the show, we talk about the interview for like 20 minutes, and then we never no, play it. Well, we didn't really talk about it for that long. Well, no, because, I mean, we're just like, and his watch is ended.
3: So, so what? do I put it in now or put it in earlier? That's the problem.
1: <laughs> That's the point I was making fun of here is that we just exacerbated. We just nobody would have had been the wiser. No, nobody would have known we would have a shorter than three hour episode. Which will now be broken up into at least two, possibly three episodes. <laughs> and we're still talking and haven't done the outro. <laughs> and that's why I'm kind of. I don't know where I'm at right now. It'll be a trilogy like the yeah. future Game of Thrones movie. Yeah. <laughs> I just say at this point, fuck it, we put an interview in each episode.
3: <laughs> oh, that would be almost hard to do because our other two end such quick concessions. <laughs> <laughs> concession? Succession? <laughs> Whatever. Concessions are <or> popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll be getting at the future Game of Thrones movies.
1: So you're titling episode three Concessions Are Popcorn. <laughs> number two is Gabe Should Not Say the C Word. <laughs> and number one, I think, would probably be like, and now his watch is ended? I don't know. That, that's all out of order. I have no idea.
2: <laughs> all right.
1: All I'm, right. All right. I'm David. I'm David. I'm Gabe. I'm gonna call you Gilman for <laughs> yeah. the purposes of this. I, end. I'm David West. I'm David Gilman. I am Gabriel Canada. I'm can, really confused right now. <laughs> y-
3: you can find David West at Twitter at David West underscore k o e
1: s. You can find me nowhere. You cannot be found on the SNS on the social networks. If you tried really hard. Um, yeah, you
3: could add him on Facebook, and then he just won't. Do you add have you. like a LinkedIn? No. <laughs> you have you have a uh, you have a uh, the Google. You have the Google? No. You don't have the Google? Uh, Not that I'm aware of. Not that you, I think
1: everybody who has a Gmail has the Google thing, but yeah, but not that I'm aware of. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) He sends, he sends all of his social messaging by Raven.
3: Yeah. Hey, check out all the sweet stuff that we've had. Uh, Kevin Eastman, 30th anniversary team and tea panel at Indie PopCon.
1: I will be doing a write-up shortly um, with some assets sent along by Kevin Eastman's wife, who is in fact not Elspeth Eastman. She wanted to make that very clear in the last episode. (laughs) Um, Which by now will be four episodes ago. Yeah, right. But um, beyond that, um, we also have um, some additional upcoming content um, that David wanted me to talk about here. So I'll make this as brief as possible. Um, we, we're going to do... Um, i timing you. We're doing an indie webcomics uh, group article uh, or episode. Um, so we got about five interviews from, from PopCon and from elsewhere um, talking about local comics creators and the indie comics community. Um, we also have um, a couple more interviews and we just really hope you guys enjoy
3: um also check out our game of thrones panel from indie popcon
1: Star uh with christian nair and esme and i don't know if it'll be up possibly but i mean it might even have the Arya panel i mean i feel like it's still relevant. You're asking a lot of me i don't know i said i don't <laughs> i preface saying i've been prefacing this for seven episodes that i don't know if it will be up It exists.
3: It does exist.
1: It's relevant still because she talks about the development of her character, and I think after seeing the season that it's really it has a payoff. Well, you know what? I'll try and get up, too. Um, You will also be trying to get up the Charlene Harris panel. You've already said this because True Blood is starting
3: back. Yes, because it came back uh, last night. But I'm also really hard to get away from Watch Dogs. Yeah. I know, but there's still so much more to do. It's like
1: us in Mass Effect.
2: Well, I don't know. It isn't. I've put in twenty something hours finished on this game. Story. He finished the story and continues doing. Oh yeah, bullshit. like it's <laughs> because I'm a weird. completist. Yeah, you do the random, like the Riddler bullshit. The to be, I'm games. just saying. Oh, yes, I say in, in, the social, <laughs> in the level of social,
1: in the level of social we put in more than two hundred hours into that fucking game each, just so that we get different romance options. <laughs> no. There's a I've certain never, I've only, never done. You've I, only you stuck with one romance option. Yeah, I only played it the once through. Really? Yeah. I've done multiple playthroughs because I really. I mean, frankly, like, after having met the guy who writes it, I'm like, this is awesome. I want to know, like, every line of dialogue. Shit
3: goes crazy at the end of Watch Dogs. Oh my god. Mass chaos. (laughs) Uh, Giant blackout. It's wonderful.
2: But you know what saves you time, Gabe? What? Instead of playing through Mass Effect to see all those the choice are is. you saying
1: YouTube yeah no YouTube has all of them well yeah but I YouTubed a few of them but no I want, it's one of those games where I actually like the achievement because some of them are hard to actually happen I,
3: I like getting trophies as well
1: yeah I'm a
3: I'm a trophy player
1: I don't like I wasn't
2: for- but I am now I don't like forcing my way through a, a dialogue thing trying to purposely get
1: in it. well it isn't forcing necessarily like I if it's an no. option that I never tried before I'm interested <laughs> to see where it leads see, I just like this has a whole other subtext to it <laughs> considering what we're talking about I just, I'm like, talking I, about in real life. It's I, not, relationships in real life do not have flags that appear with a spiral <laughs> menu that says. It says like talk like Chuck Berry, talk uh, pretend pretend be that, a dick, be a dick.
3: Yeah. All right, all right. Okay, hit the space bar I'm gonna we're gonna hit the spacebar.
1: Can we just cut like? No, like, this is funny, but like because it's entertaining. We're really shitty at promoting things is all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't have more subscribers David is because instead of having like a clean subscriber thing at the end we have a dialogue menu from Mass Effect.
3: Which <laughs> <laughs> should show who we are. <laughs> Hit the button. <laughs> Since Game was Oh, it's playing music too? Oh, I wasn't expecting that. That's weird. Anyways, I want to see how this sounds. Yeah, go check out our YouTube page. You can find sweet stuff there, such as original short films, interviews featuring Mark Shepard, Tom O'Pennacott, Jane Eskinson. The list goes on. We have a ton of interviews. We also have a ton of panels. Panels. How often do you miss a panel and you're like, Oh, man, I really wish I would have seen that. Well, who knows? Maybe we got it. Or something pretty close. Who knows? But go check out our Kevin Eastman TMNT 30th Anniversary panel. That's a great one. Go check out our Don, John DiMaggio and Eric Stewart panel. Great content with more on its way. So please go check us out. Hit subscribe because, you know, the more subscribers we get, the more uh, content we'll make. Anyways, yeah. Uh, so screw you, Gabe. I did a good outro, or at least what I think is a good outro, so I'm going to hit stop.